What up, everybody? It's your boy JK, man. And that's Thursday, so you already know what it is. It's Tackle Thursday with JK live on IG and only on IG. And when I'm only on IG, you already know what that means. I got a special guest, and today is no different. My guest for today hails from Tallahassee, Florida. And if you're a Tallahassee resident, you might know him as Shotgun Willie, a former All-American high school quarterback. If you're a Clemson fan, you know him as your former Clemson quarterback. And if you are a FAMU graduate, a FAMU football supporter, a HBC you supporter, you know him as the current head coach for the FAMU football team. And if you meet, you know him as coach, as friend, as an inspiration, as a great man. Y'all help me welcome my guest for the day, the head coach of the FAMU Rattlers football team, Coach Willie Simmons. Yo, Coach, what's up, Coach? How you doing, JK? What's going on? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How you doing, Coach? Man, I'm doing awesome, man. I'm uh, I'm thugging it right now. You know, it's, it's spring camp mode, so I got to get my hair cut tomorrow. I tried to hold off. I forgot to have my podcast tonight, so excuse me for looking a little rugged right now. Yeah, hey, it's all good, Coach, man. Spring, you know, we talked before the show, man. Y'all y'all uh, started back spring, man, so so we already know. But, hey, hey, and one thing I know about Coach Simmons, Coach Simmons going to be fresh. Hey, got, <laughs> hey, with the lineup, the belt coat. I remember when y'all used to have the cowboy boots. Had the jeans, had the belt, and all. So, so, Cole, that one thing I do know about you, and I'm pretty sure that the, the people in Tallahassee know about you too, man. Coach, stay clean, man. Well, you know, I try to do a little something, man. I, I had to kind of replace my boot game with my shoe game with my Jordan game lately. So, still got my boots. Uh, I still rock them from time to time. The players, they're not as cool as y'all were. So, they, they try to give me a hard time about my ostrich skin boots, but I'm trying to put them up on game. Hey, hey, coach. Hey, speaking of that, hey, I, I see the shoes, man. You know, I see so many. You, you, you show the shoes, how you walking. Now you got the LeBrons. We gonna get into that too. Jay walking. Now you got the LeBron. So uh, that's definitely something that we gonna we gonna touch on, man. And and I know. Hey, I want everybody to know. Hey, coach Simmons, them got practice early in the morning, and he's taking his time out to sit down with me. And uh, man, I don't take that for granted, because when I say I don't take it for granted, I truly, truly, truly appreciate it, man. And so with that being said, I do want to respect your time. So we're gonna get right into it. So, so Coach, I know I just introduced you, and I know everybody that's on here, they know you, right? And, and but it might be somebody that might listen to the podcast on Spotify or might watch this on YouTube and may and might be living on the rock that don't know who Coach Willis Simmons is. Um, man, could you tell them who you are, where you're from, and what you do, Coach? Well, um, you know, again, man, I'm, I'm I'm a humble guy from a little small town in Quincy, Florida, uh, just 20 minutes west of Tallahassee, the state capital here in Florida. Grew up playing the game of football, uh, found a passion for it at an early age. I uh, was, was blessed enough to be named an All-American quarterback in high school and had an opportunity to go to Clemson University uh, as a quarterback. You know, spent four years there, uh, played with some great guys, you know, Woodrow Dantzler, Charlie Whitehurst, Rod Gard. But, yeah, so, you know, after four years, um, graduated and then uh, had an opportunity to uh, transfer out, you know, after I graduated from Clemson. Attempted to come to FAMU. You know, many people know that story. During the time where FAMU attempted to reclassify from FCS Division One AA to, to FBS and uh, kind of got caught up in that transition, wasn't uh, was deemed ineligible along with about 14 other transfers that year. Uh, so I found my way back to the Citadel, you know, where I played my senior year there. It was the first-team all-conference quarterback there, met a bunch of great guys, you know, Scooter Johnson, uh, Bud Pugh, you know, Kevin Olecki, uh, you know, Nemo Broughton, a lot of great guys, man. I had a chance to play football with there at the FCS level 
Uh, then I got into coaching, you know, coached one, high, one year of high school football at Lincoln High School. Uh, and then, you know, I found my niche of college coaching, was able to go back to Clemson as a grad assistant, spent a year there in 2006. Uh, and then Rick Stockstill, you know, who recruited me out of high school, who recruited you out of high school, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. brought me on at Middle Tennessee State. And I spent five years there as a running backs coach and then offensive coordinator, you know, where I got to meet you. And a lot of phenomenal football players had a great time in Murfreesboro. Uh, transitioned from there to uh, to Alcorn State University, you know, where I became a coordinator there for, for three years. And then I got my first opportunity as a head coach out of Prairie View and out in Texas, spent three years there. Uh, and then I got the call to come home, you know, back to FAMU, the highest of Seven Hills here in Tallahassee. Uh, been here now for four years. Uh, was able to turn this program around and, you know, two years back-to-back nine win seasons. Um, you know, Black College National Championships, first FCS playoff berth in over 20 years. Um, you know, conference players of the year, uh, you know, NFL uh, future draft picks. You know, so we're doing a really good job of building this program back up to the level of dominance that I remember growing up, you know. So, but again, man, just a... Uh, proud uh, husband uh, of a Rattler grad, Shea Simmons, uh, proud father of six, you know, biological and through marriage, uh, ranging from 23 all the way down to two, you know, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, yeah. so, you know, well-rounded family man, just, you know, again, just a guy that tries to do things the right way, uh, live by my seven Fs, you know, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But just, a, again, guy from humble beginnings that's always try to keep a level head on my shoulders and has always tried to use the gift that God gave me to, to impact lives. Nah, definitely. Hey, coach, that was hey, that that summed up the whole interview, coach. Hey, I appreciate that. For real. Nah, nah, and, and so anytime I have a guest, coach, um, I like anytime I have a type of Thursday in general, I'm only by myself where I have a guest, I tackle different topics, right? That's why I got the type of Thursday with JK. You know, I play safety, tackle, and all that, right? So now we're talking different topics. And so anytime I have a guest, I think about the 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 what could we tackle? Like what what would this 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 particular special guest bring or could educate or share with us. And so the topic we tackle today is I'm home. And and I got that coach when I watched the the Why Not Us. And if if, if nobody have watched the Why Not Us series with FAMU on ESPN Plus, y'all go check that out. Not right now, after this after this episode though, right? So you said at your opening press conference, you said, I'm home. And I was like, hey, I like, oh, I feel that. He said, I'm home, right? And so what did, does it mean, and what did it mean, and what does it mean to you to be back home? What, what, why did you say I'm home, and what does that mean to you? Well, it, it means everything, you know, and if anyone knows me, they know how much family means to me. You know, I grew up uh, in a big family, not my immediate family. I'm the youngest of three, you know, just me and my two older sisters. Um, but my mom was the oldest of nine on her side, and my dad was the youngest boy of 10 on his side. And so growing up, a uh, ton of cousins, you know, lots of aunts and uncles, uh, even now nieces and nephews. And so we every Sunday, you know, we're at grandmother's house. And, and so just being able to be around family, uh, they they helped shape and mold me to the man I am today. Uh, Florida A&M has always been a huge part of, of who I am. Uh, my mom was the first in her family of six to, to graduate from FAMU. You know, uh, everyone I knew, most of the people I grew up with and played ball with, came to FAMU, you know, uh, my godbrother played football here for Coach Ken Riley. Uh, my wife is a two-time graduate of Florida A&M. You know, our oldest son, Trey, is a recent graduate and now in the law school there in Orlando. So when I said I, I'm home, uh, I meant it. You know, this is a place that really raised me, you know, between uh, Quincy and Tallahassee and the Big Bend area. This is where I cut my teeth as a young man. And, and so to know the history of this program, 
to know what it's meant to so many people, what this school has meant to this area and to, and to, and to this state and this country and this world. Um, it was an honor to be able to come back and lead uh, such a story program, you know, to be mentioned in the same breath as a Jake Gaither, you know, one of the most legendary coaches in not only black college football, but, but all of college football, you know, uh, Ken Riley, uh, Rudy Hubbard, you know, Billy Joe, uh, even all the way back to William Bell, just what these guys have meant to Florida and in football, to this university, to this region, uh, is something that I take great humility in every day. And, uh, and I don't take this responsibility lightly as, as the head coach of this, of this great program. Now for sure, coach. And, and one thing I know I keep going back to this, uh, why not us? And I text you after I watched it, I was like, coach, like I'm sitting here watching this with you and your wife how y'all got this vision i'm telling y'all if you have not seen it go watch it after this though right go watch it it it, it, it touched me coach and, and to the point where you know y'all got the uh you know the 1978 circle right and, and how y'all started y'all building the dream home and and but it ain't just for y'all but it's for the students to come through and with agriculture and the whole nine and one thing i seen i seen how you talk about your wife being uh, two-time graduate from FAMU, like, and I see she's so heavily involved in the program. What does that do for you as a coach? Because, like, right now you at you at the office, so you spend a lot of time with the, away from the family. But when you have a, a wife that's so entrenched in the program, like, how does that help you? And and what does that mean to you to have her overwhelming support? Well, uh, again, you know, within our program, um, you know, we talk about our seven Fs. Well, the first one is faith, and obviously we'll talk about that uh, as well. Uh, but family is the last one, you know. So, again, that word family means so much to us. And so, um, you know, when, that, when we started dating, uh, she, she didn't really know much about football, believe it or not. Uh, we went to high school together, and she never even saw me play high school football, you know. So, uh, again, but when she became a coach's wife, she saw the responsibility that came along with it you know you, you have to be entrenched in it like you said i spent so much time here at the office away from her away from my other kids that if she doesn't come here and, and become a part of what we do uh we really won't see each other very much you know it'll be hard for me to be a father to my son to my daughters if, if they're not around and so for her being able to be around the program as much as she is being a positive role model in this community uh, you know, as you know, being being a collegiate athlete as well, there are a lot of females, a lot of young women who are part of this program as well, you know, in the support areas, in the training room, in the equipment room, uh, you know, even in the weight room. And so for her to be able to mentor these young women, to, to talk to them about issues in life and as a as a family graduate, you know, again, uh, is it, monumental for our overall success. And, and we, we talk about being team Simmons. You know, it's not just Willie Simmons as a head football coach or Cher Simmons as a coach's wife. You know, we have to be team Simmons. We have to be joined at the hip and support one another. You know, in her endeavors as a stay-at-home mom, my endeavors as a head football coach, and really just making it all tie together to build the best uh, role models that we can be for the young men that I'm interested in coaching every day and for the young women that she's in charge of, of, of you know, mentoring and, and, and helping mold every day as well. So, uh, you know, again, uh, it's great to have a supportive uh, you know, first lady of family football and it makes my job a lot easier. Hey, no, nah, definitely. Cause like I, any parent that's watching this, that got a player right now, um, whether or just a, a just a, a student. Let's think about fam, you or a football player, or athlete in general. I think that's so big that you got the head coach. All right, so so he's an influencer to men and women. But then you got his wife standing 
right next to them. And then you see black love, you get black leaders, both men and women. Then you, it's bigger than football because you're showing, you showing your players this is how you love your wife. This is how you treat your wife. Like, if you succeed, you let your, your wife stand next to you. She don't stand behind you. Like, I know I'm not the man I am if it, if it ain't for my wife. You know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure you could say the same thing that, hey, I feel like, yeah, you behind every good man is a good woman. But, nah, she ain't just standing. She holding us up, like, through tough losses, through disappointment. But vice versa. You support her and her endeavors. So, salute to you on, Coach, man. Uh, salute to you on that, Coach, man, for real. Um, And so, now, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna go back to 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 you know how you grew up, right? You grew up in Tallahassee, playing for, uh, football in Florida, man. You know I'm biased, coach. I feel like we got the best football in Florida, right? Um, so you may feel that way too. But you gotta recruit Florida. You recruit different areas. What you think? What do you think makes Florida athletes so special compared to other other states? And I and I know you recruit in other states. So <laughs> I, just, I, hey, I, hey, hey, anybody in Cali? He trying to get right now. Hey, still come to fam you, but I'm just saying just from that perspective of playing and coaching. Well, you know what? Um, I, I think, you know, and I've coached in Texas too, so I know all my Texas friends uh, yeah, yeah, are I, eager to hear my answer here because we went back and forth about that uh, yeah. almost every other day. But, you know, one, I think it's just it's the weather. You know, obviously whenever you're in a state where you can be outside for, for the, the bulk of the year, um, it helps, you know, playing an outdoor sport. You know, football is an outdoor sport. Um, we have a lot of speed here in the state of Florida. And and, and, the, and ironically, it, it's really a gift and a curse in some in some instances where you know we're not flooded with resources here in Florida as far as high school and middle school support. And so I think the biggest difference between a state like Texas per se and Florida is that you know a lot of the students in, in Texas grow up with a ton of resources. You know they have great weight rooms, they have you know coaches and nutritional programs and all those things. Here in Florida, you know we have to quote unquote get it out of the mud. You know, so for us, it's about that grind. And for many of us, football is our way out. You know, sports is our way out of, of, of tough situations. You know, if you grow up on, you know, in some of the areas that we've grown up in, you know, that's what we see as a way out. You know, so we take it serious. It, it, it's not just a hobby for us. You know, football is it's Friday night. You know, if you're a high school student, Friday night is where it's at, you yeah. know, from, from, from most of the state of Florida. And so just having that dog mentality you know, having that attitude that, you know, we are, we're going to be the best. And, and we take that with us. When we go out of the state and we play people, like, we take that with us now. Even even here as a, as a college, like, we go out of the state to play, trust and believe. Hey, we're Florida, dog. We don't, yeah. you know, you know <laughs> go to the state and lose in football. You know, basketball, maybe, you know, some other sports, but yeah. no, not in football, you know. So, again, it's just a mindset that, you know, for us, football is, is our life. And, you know, we're not just interested in, going to college and playing ball like we want to make it to the very top and so for us we talk about the nfl we talk about being the very very best all-american Heisman trophy winners and those things those are our dreams and aspirations and i think that a couple with the fact that we're playing outside most of the year gives us a little bit of an edge you know maybe on some other states that have a lot of talent you know but maybe just don't have some of the, the intangibles that that florida kids have as, as far as football goes man hey coach i never even thought about the weather being a factor and 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 Coach Stott said the same thing. And I'm like, dang, Coach, like, you right. Because, like, I'm, I, you know, teach high school and, and uh, lifetime wellness. Man, we ain't been outside all year. Look, we about to, the first time we're going to go outside is in, is in uh, uh, the third week of March. We're going outside. So you talk about just the basic fundamentals of high-knee karaoke. You know, we you missing that. So, you, like you said, like, in, in Florida, weather does play a factor. 
And um, and and even with not having a lot of resources, we we just go straight outside and play. And that's why, like, even our linemen be thinking they skill position players. Yeah, like, no if, if we go outside and play football with our linemen, our linemen got hands, they got they got feet, sweet feet. They they want to play quarterback. They got the big arms, you know. But that's just you know. And I think another thing, watching why not us? Like, I loved it. Just hearing the lingo, the boy, hey, yeah, from the crib, law front. I just, I'm like, dang, boy, I wish I was in that type of environment because it reminds me of, of, of being back, being back home, man. And so you talked about, man, being an All American quarterback. You went to Clemson, man. Like, so what made you choose Clemson? And, and were there any other choices that you had on the table that you could have selected? Well, you know, I, I was blessed, man. I had, you know, over 25 scholarship offers uh, coming out of high school and, and pretty much every school on the East Coast, you know, a major institution had, had offered me a scholarship. And um, uh, I'll say why I went. I think you can relate. Rick Stockstill, man. Rick Stockstill came and sweet taught me. And, you know, it, it really to this day, I even used it in my recruiting. Uh, there were some schools who probably did a better job of recruiting Willie Simmons, and that's just truth be told. You know, I, I was in love with Georgia Tech. You know, I loved Atlanta. Um, you know, I, I loved Joe Hamilton, you know, seeing myself as the next Joe Hamilton and what they were doing offensively. You know, so from a football perspective, I can see myself in that role, especially being in a city like Atlanta, Chocolate City, as a young black man, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, so yeah. there are a lot of schools that did a great job of recruiting Willie Simmons, but Rick Stockstill had the secret trick in the bag. He recruited Phyllis Simmons. And so while everybody was so busy recruiting me, he was recruiting my mom because he yeah. knew I was a mama's boy. And he knew at the end of the day, she wasn't going to tell me where to go, but her influence was going to have, uh, you know, some value on, on where I chose. And, and, and she never once said, I want you to go to Clemson. But I just knew it in my heart that that's what she felt the most comfortable because growing up in a small town and a small community, Clemson gave me that same small town family feel. And it was just love there, you know, when you pull up and you drive out the interstate and you see the tiger paws on the, on the streets and you see the banners and you, and you see all the sea of orange and just the trees. And it's like, man, this is home. Like when I said I'm home, like you felt like I, I felt like I was leaving Quincy, going to Quincy. Yeah, With the college there. So, man, just the family environment and then just the promise of Rick Stott still telling my mom, like, hey, I'm going to take care of your son. At the end of the day, I'm going to take care of your son. And he's done that. You know, 20-some years later, we still have a phenomenal relationship. Uh, he's like a mentor to me, like a father figure to me. And, uh, and I'm indebted to him for life because, again, he made a promise to my mom over 20 years ago that, that even after she passed, you know, he held true to, you know, that he was going to take care of me, look after me, help raise me and mentor me. And that's what he's been for me. So, uh, again, it's a lesson that I learned as a coach now in the recruiting process. You know, you can recruit the young man, but you better find a way to recruit mom if you want to if you want to attract him and get him to school. Because at the end of the day, that's who's gonna call and check on him. Mom's gonna be the one to call and check on him and say, "Hey, where is he? I haven't talked to him. How are his grades?" You know, dad may be the one asking about football. Yeah, is he playing? What's his playing time? Uh -huh. But mom wants to know how he's doing, and and that's that's a lesson that Rick Stott still taught me a long, long time ago that I still hold true to this day. Now, now, coach, you you said a mouthful right there. Now, normally when I when I do my podcast, I cut up certain parts, right? And I, and I post it because I, I feel like it'd it be so, it just be like gems. Now, that gym right there that you just said, recruit the mama, I, I'm not even going to cut that up because I want you to keep that, coach. I don't want to put it out and let other coaches hear what you said because <laughs> I need you to get all the recruits. So I'm, I'm going to let you keep that. But, hey, you're right, though, because when I think about why I went to MT, right, obviously it was my choice. But I remember my mama saying this. She said, she said this is the only school that I seen the actual president. Like uh, President McFee came. 
And you know what I mean? And she loved Coach Star. Like you said, Coach Star, Wine and Donna came down out of Florida. But it was it was my choice. But my mom was like, I like MT because of this. And so, like you said, you recruit Mon Dukes, who, who, like you said, they checking up on you, on who you are, like how you doing, not more so football, man. So, so uh, man, when I say Coach Star, A1, um, he A1. And I, and I see the impact that he made on your life. And, and then impact that he's making on my life as well. And um, for me, giving him the opportunity, I'm indebted to him forever. And and when I was doing research, like, I was like, dang, he, he became a GA. Coach Stott gave him the opportunity, right? So I want you to talk about, tell the to current college players, athletes in general, and future college athletes, and even just professional, why is it important to build a good report or good relationship with your coaches while you're playing for them? Why is that? Man, because life is about relationships, you know, so it's not, and it goes even further than that, not just building a relationship with your coaches, you know, and I make this point to my team all the time, and you ask them, they'll say I've talked too much, but you know, I ask them frequently, you know, while we're at the practice, we're sitting down, I'll say, hey, if you had a job, if you ran your own business, would you hire the guy beside you, right, that, and that's an important question, because that's what we're doing every day. You're in an interview every single day with your teammates, with your classmates, with your coaches, with people who have influence in your life because that's how you get put on, right? Very few people hire people that they don't know, right? I have I, this. This will be my third hire this offseason. I lost my offensive line coach. I, I, I recently lost my running back coach, uh, Coach Tucker. You know, yeah, who played yeah. at MT, and and I just lost my quarterback coach. And so with every with every hire. I either hire someone that I know personally, that I know their values, their core beliefs, and how they work, or someone who I know personally they recommend. Because yeah. again, I want to make sure that I get someone that I that I feel like I have some type of familiarity with. So life is about relationships, and so I tell my guys all the time: you can't burn bridges, right? You, you can't, you know, position yourself to where you can't get help from people. So you're always in a mode of trying to, you know do the right things, work your butt off, show people that you have a great work ethic, uh, that you that you have, you know, the, the it factor. Not necessarily that you're perfect, that you don't make mistakes, but they know that if, if, if I work with this person and they have a, a profound impact on my success, that I know they're dedicated, I know they're committed, I know they're willing to, to be a team player, to sacrifice, you know, for the greater good. And that's what's so important to, you know, I hired, my first hire when I got to FAMU was Kenneth Gilstrap. You know, so when I think about Rick Stockstill recruiting me and then hiring me and giving me my first job. I recruited Kenny Gilstrap, signed him to MT. Y'all played in the same secondary. And when yeah. it was time for me to hire a corners coach, I hired Kenny Gilstrap because of the relationship that we had built over the recruiting process, the maturation that I saw him having throughout the years I was with him at MTSU, following his career after, gra after graduation. I knew that he was a young man that, again, he would bring value to my program. I had him for a year. And then guess what? Rick Stockstill hired him from me. Back yeah. to MTSU, and, he's, and, yeah. and, and same thing with Coach Tucker. So that's really what it's all about, man. And so just maintaining and keeping those strong relationships is critical in life. And, and again, I can't stress it enough. But I ask that question all the time: Would that person that's in that huddle with you in that locker room with you, if they had a chance, would they hire you? And if you're mm -hmm. honest with yourself, for a lot, a lot of guys, the answer is no, because they know yeah. you that you got to not going to be responsible, not going to be accountable, and do yes. the things you're just that you're just supposed to do. Nah, for sure, for sure, and I and I. And I'm a testament to that you being on here right now, right? It's, I feel comfortable, right? I was like, I'm a super shot. I know Coach Busy, my boy, I'm popping, doing his thing, right? And um, 
I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to ask Coach to come on the show. But I only felt comfortable doing that because of the relationship. Like, yeah, you coach, you coached me at MT, but, I mean, we was in, in, in same faith settings, church, going to church, spiritual settings, Bible studies. We had conversations just about life um, off the field. So it was – I didn't know that I was going to want to do a podcast one day. You get what I'm saying? But – now that I'm doing one, I'm thinking about, oh, these are relationships I didn't build genuinely over the years, and um, I'm going to reach out to the coach. And so, you know, and I know you ain't just getting on the night before practice for anybody. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's based <laughs> on relationships. So um, I, I definitely appreciate that, man. And, and speaking of just faith settings, and I know that's one of your seven Fs, man, why, how, how important is faith to you, and, and why do you believe it's important to to disseminate that that or 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 talk to your 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 players your young men about that and the staff ladies and men. Yeah, well, first off, shout, huge shout out to my man Didi Kyle. I say Didi just just joined in, man. Hey, Didi, you know, Didi what up? Yeah, no, Didi both, <laughs> man. But again, guys like Didi, man, is why I coach, man. I'm so proud yeah. of that of that young man just being able to see. You know, it just posted a picture last week in Dubai. I'm like, of all places, D.D. Kyle's is in Dubai. Hey, my boy, my boy <laughs> living it up, man. He's living it up, D.D., man. man. I'm, so, 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 I'm so proud of him, man. But, uh, but no, nah, man, just that word faith, you know, again, it, it's, it's the foundation of who I am. You know, and I was fortunate enough to grow up, um, you know, in, in a community that embraced uh, that faith relationship, you know, and, and having a strong relationship with God. Um, you know, really giving you a foundation of who you are. I, I truly believe that we can't know who we are. We don't know whose we are, you know. And so, again, just understanding the relationship that that, that you have with the higher power and, and not even so much, you know, the, the Christian talk, because some people shy away from that, you know, but faith in, in, in this whole process. Right. You know, you got to have again, we're part of a team. And so as the head coach, it's my job to set the set the values, the, the beliefs, uh, the goals of what this program is supposed to look like. Well, if my coaches don't have faith in me, they're not going to carry that out mm. to the players. If the players don't have faith in the coaches, they're not going to go out there and give it their all every single day. If the support staff doesn't have faith in the process that we're putting, the processes that we're putting together, they're not going to commit themselves to being out here every day at 5 o'clock in the morning. A lot of the students are here without uh, getting paid and, and, and having to volunteer their time and effort. So if they don't have faith and believe in this program and what we're doing, then it doesn't work, you know. So that word faith is so important, and you know, in football, man, it, it's it, we call it one of the one eleven, right? You yeah. know, you're a phenomenal player, you're a phenomenal safety, one of the best safeties I've ever been around. But you knew you couldn't do it by yourself. You had to make sure that those guys up front, you know, Lattimore and, and, and Big Perry and all those guys doing their job to make sure that you know if you had to fit the C gap, that you knew that the A and B gap was going to be covered. Right. So you yeah. until you didn't freestyle, you know, and so yeah, it's sure. so important that you trust the people that you're around. And that's where that faith it, it comes into play. And that's why it's so important, because, again, you, you got to you got to have a, 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 a group of individuals that have a genuine trust and belief in one another to get it done. And without it, I don't think you can be successful. Now, for sure, coach. And, and um, man, when you when you say faith is so, so much bigger, man. And, you know, we think about the Bible, we talk about faith without works is dead. And it's just like even faith you know like we could be believing god to do something but if we're not putting in the work ourselves right you you know you believe for a great season but you ain't if, but right now you preparing i call hey Cole, what you doing hey i'm putting plays in for practice like you preparing and, and so that's just like you said faith is so much you know it is big you know definitely a huge part of, the, of 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 faith in god but also like you said hey if you believe we're gonna win a championship 
you can't be missing summer workouts. You you know what I'm saying? They don't work like that. I can't get the, the, the SWAT championship and miss summer workouts. I got to believe I'm going to win, and I got to go to summer workouts, man. And, and shout out to my dog, Donald Reed, who worked in equipment uh, with you, man. That's my brother. That's why I went number 20, man. I went number 20 because of him, though. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's why a lot, a lot of people ask, man, why you wild like? Man, I went number 20 because my dog, Donald Ward, when we was little. And when I got to high school, I couldn't get 22 or nothing. So I thought about my dog. We called him Lil Barry. That boy, hey, you put the ball in hand. That boy put some moves. We called him Lil Barry Sanders. But, um, hey, I'm going to get the whole family. You on the, on the whole podcast. I got, I got Troy. I got to hit Troy up. He's going to come talk about uh, athletics. Um, and my boy Donald talked about equipment, and I, I got to hear Courtney up too, just talk about being an AD man. But but I want to transition. I'm gonna skip some stuff. I want to transition to FAMU and just HBC cut. Cause when I was going over, I'm like, well, I got so much to cover. I really could sit down here and talk two hours, the coach. But I, I ain't gonna do that, man. But but I want to run back your 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 success right now as a head coach, though. Like I mean, well, everywhere you've been, you have success. You was a third. We talk about uh, Sean McVay being a young coach, right? Cole, when you were 30, you was an OC to, to MTSU offense to new heights as an OC. Cole, then, you know what I'm saying, we talk about you at Prairie View. Never. As a head coach, you never had a losing season. So we talk about Mike Tomlin, right? We, we raving. My boy doing a great job with the Steelers. But shout out to Cole Willis Simmons, never having a losing season. Then we talk about you at FAMU. You don't you wanted me at, but because of sanctions, they couldn't name you. But I'm going to say, Cole, y'all was the MEAC champions, Cole. Y'all was a national champ. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all was the champions. Then came back, back to back nine win seasons, FCS appearance, playoff appearance. I mean, really, shoot, you know what I'm saying? And and when you look at it, because I see you post something, I'm like, dang, coach got a point. They really could be looked at as the black, you know, national champions, you know, black college national football champions, because y'all, y'all beat, was it with South Carolina State? Y'all beat them. And then, you know what I'm saying? They beat, you know, Jackson State. But even looking at it, y'all was right there, what, seven, six. So I just want to give your roses, man. Right now, hey, Coach, you're doing a phenomenal job, man. Round of applause, Coach, for real, man. And, and and I think I seen your success from a distance, but doing my research, I see how great of even more detail. I'm like, Coach, I ain't never lose. My boy got a 71 winning percentage, 71% winning percentage. So out of every 10 games, you get at least seven dubs. So, like, why is that? Why do you believe you've had that much success as a head coach? And just really early in your head for football coaching career, why is that? Well, first of all, man, I appreciate that, and uh, you know, I never take credit for the success that um, that that I have because it's not my success. You know, one is, is you know, God gave me a gift, and and everything that I do, I try to give it back to Him. You know, so it's really God's success. Um, it's not mine. You know, but I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed to be around some phenomenal football players, um, uh, phenomenal coaches. You know, just guys that that are really, really um kind of you know bought into to what we've tried to build together you know again i i threw my last pass in 2004 <laughs> you know what i mean and, and, and i'm not gonna throw another one last time i went out there and tried to throw about the partial to the cup so i'm not throwing any more passes man you know, it takes we got to go recruit young men to do it i'm not coaching yeah. the position you know yeah. I, as a head coach i have to you know oversee the, the program i don't coach the position so it's the assistant coaches going out there working hard every day with the young men it's the young men buying into to what we're doing. It's the strength and conditioning staff. It's the equipment staff talking about Donald, you know, outfitting those guys, man, just making sure that they feel good, that they're swagged out, they can go out there and play loose. It's the medical staff, you know, treating those guys, getting up early in the morning, making sure that they can get back on the field, 
quickly and, and give their best. I mean, it's the academic support staff. I mean, it's a team effort. When we say family, it, it really is. Like, it takes all of us to get this job done. And so at the end of the day, you know, and I tell the guys all the time, this isn't my program. You know, I have a role within this program just like everybody mm-hmm. else does. My role is the head football coach. But this isn't Willie Simmons' program. Yeah. The young men in that locker room, this is their program, right? They're the students here. They're the ones that go out there every Saturday with that Rattler on their helmet, with that Rattler on their jerseys, on their pants, representing this institution. This is their program. And so when they buy into it, when they believe into it, when they, when they you know, really come together as a team, man, they're hard to beat. And that's really what, you know, we've tried to build ever since I became a head coach. I just tried to put a group together that really said they're going to be the closest football team on the field. And, and close football teams are very, very hard to beat. We have a saying, and I didn't coin the saying. I got it from Jay Hobson, the guy I work with, that, you know, 11 brothers are hard to beat. You know, we all grew up in, in neighborhoods where we yeah. you know, they had those, those families and those brothers that, you know, yeah. you, catch, you catch one of them by yourself. You might get them that day, but, man, don't let them come back with, with, with three or four of his brothers. Boy, it's going to be a long day for whoever tried to jump them guys. And I played yeah. with some guys like that. And so we say, man, 11 brothers are hard to beat. We can come together as an offense, defense, special teams unit, and we're playing together as 11 brothers. Man, we're, we're tough to beat. And, and we've, you know, built that and grown in that. And, and that's what has given us success over the years, whether it's been at Alcorn State, Prairie View, here at FAM, at MTSU. We had great success there going to bowl games. You know, so again, man, I just, you know, tried to take the lessons and the values that I grew up with, that I played with, you know, and been around the great coaches that I've been a part of, and just take pieces of all of it and put it together, you know, with my own little flavor to it. But it all starts, again, with those seven Fs, the first one being faith, you know, and the last one being family. And there's some other words in between that we have to follow as well. But yeah. you know, if you have great faith as one group and you play together as a family, man, I'm telling you, you're going to be a very difficult group to, to, to handle week in and week out. Well, well, definitely, Coach. I mean, you, you, like I said, man, you're doing a phenomenal job leading the program. And, um, and, and I think that's amazing that you give ownership to to your student athletes um, and letting them know, hey, this is yours. And understanding your role and understanding that, hey, I'm just, being, I'm just being a good steward of this program. Because like you said, hey, everything that we got, every blessing that we have, it ain't ours. You know what I mean? It's, it's all God saying, look, this is yours. I'm going to give you this. Now, what we do with it is up to us. Am I going to be a good steward? And you've been a great steward everywhere you've been um, and, and continuing to be, man. And, and so one, one thing, um, what, what do you say, what would you say you love the most about being a head coach and then being a head coach at an HBCU? What, what would you say you love the most about that? Well, the, the, the thing I love being the most um, is not just about being a head coach. It's about being a coach in general. It's, it's D.D. Kyle. It's Jerry McKellum. It's Kenneth Gilstrap. It's Kevin Byers. You know, it's William Pratchett. It's John Gibbs and, K- and Kadera Hodge. It's all the guys that I've coached over the years that I get to see grow up and become great men, right? That's that's what coaching does for me. Like, I get to sit there back and watch a guy, and I keep using DD, and, and it's ironic they jumped on. And I use yeah, them all the yeah. time, even to this day, man, that, you know, I remember those conversations in the staff room about what other coaches perceive DD Kyle to be. And I took him as a running back because you know, they were like, well, he can't do this, he can't play this. I was like, well, I, I'll take it. Just give him to me, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, and then brought Didi in, and, and Didi was a little rough around the edges, you know, and, and, and didn't really know much about the running back position, you know. But, again, started to work hard, started to really buy into to that room. You know, we had great leadership with Benny Cunningham and Philip Tanner and those guys, man, and we just became a family. And we would shut that door, and half the time we watched film and talk ball, 
the other time we talk life, you know, and we just talk about our dreams and our goals and our aspirations, you know, and, and we, we they come over and I, I can cook breakfast. That's one of the things I can do is cook breakfast. So I, <laughs> I, I they bring them to the house and cook breakfast for them. And man, and to see a guy like Didi get a college degree, you know, get a great job, now travel the world the way he's doing and just have a, a, an impact on his community, man. That's that's what coaching does for us. I mean, we get to we really get to just impart our, the, the, the mistakes that we made growing up into these young men so that they don't make the same mistakes and that they can really just come in, man, and just, you know, do great things. So that's really what, what being a coach does for me. Um, being a head coach in HBCU, uh, there's a movement. There's a movement happening within HBCUs, man, that I'm just blessed and honored to be a part of. You know, you look at what Dion, Coach Prime, has done over at Jackson. You know, you look at what Eddie George is doing at Tennessee State. Um, you know, and just the, the list goes on and on. Us being featured on a documentary, Why Not Us? I mean, just the awareness brought back to HBCUs, man, is something that, you know, again, I'm just so humbled by and, and really making people recognize that black excellence is a real thing. I don't care if it's educationally. I don't care if it's in business or in athletics. Black excellence is a real thing. And, and we have great players at this level. We have phenomenal coaches at this level, phenomenal students, you know, and again, we want, we want people to, to, to recognize that. We want to highlight those things. And so we get to on a national stage, showcase to America and to the world what we have to offer here at HBCU because, you know, what we've done nationally, again, cannot be overlooked. You know, this country is not what it is without HBCUs. And uh, we definitely want to just make sure that we, we continue to remind people of the greatness that, that walks these halls every day. Now, most definitely, most definitely. And I was, I was, uh, I was watching, man, that's it's so much I want to unpack. So I'm going to try to unpack it piece by piece. But I was watching the Pivot podcast with Fred Taylor, Ryan Clark, Tanner Crowder, and they had uh, Hugh Jackson on. And, uh, you know, they 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 mentioned Eddie George and and, and mentioned um, uh, Dion. They mentioned Dion. And then he said, now, wait a minute. Now, you got a guy, guy in Willie Simmons down there, fam. You and I'm like, man, look at my boy. Look at my boy. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what does that do for you, man, on just like, all right, like, man, what, what, because sometimes we, we might feel like we overlook, but what does that do when you hear a former NFL coach, not a head coach at Grambling uh, State, understanding, hey, I ain't just going against Dion, but I'm going against Willie Simmons too, right? Like, what does that do for you just on a personal level? Well, you know, again, man, it's humbling. You know, it's humbling. Um, it, it lets me know that the work that we put in every day, uh, is producing is bearing good fruit, you know, and that's really what it's all about. And so, you know, the grind is a risk of grind. You know, football is a grind. It, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of uh, dedication and commitment. And just like anything else, you want to see the fruits of that labor. And so, when you hear a, a coach prime get on Facebook Live or, or Instagram or whatever, and you know, talk about the job that we're doing here, or to talk about the job that other coaches are doing at this level, here at Hugh Jackson. You know, mention my name, you know, along the same lines of a, of a Coach Prime or, or Eddie George. Um, again, it just shows that, you know, the FAMU brand is what we all know it is to be. And that's yeah. a national brand. You know, people recognize the job that we're doing here. And that's really what we've come to do here at FAMU. We came to take this place to new heights. Well, not the new heights because they've been at the, at the top of the mountain many yeah. times before. Uh, but we came here to take them back to the mountaintop, you know. And we're, gonna, we're not going to rest until we get there. And then once we get there, we might take a quick power nap and we'll get right back to it you know because again it's a non-stop 24 7 grind to, to stay at the top and so again man just every day i'm humbled by the, by the opportunity to sit in the same office as billy joe to sit in the same office as ken riley again the, you know the, the guys that have really built this program from the ground up when hbcus didn't get the recognition 
I'm just honored and blessed to be able to be mentioned in the same breath as those guys. Now, definitely, man. And, and, and you know what? I hope Dion stay at Jackson State for a long time, right? And, and um, I think we know that who he is, the magnitude, right, just what he brings, and he's in it for the kids. It's so genuine, right? He's in it for the kids, and I love that about Dion. And right, and, and then, but we know growing up as football players, who Dion is too, right? Like this, hey, this man bigger than life. And you know, I watched y'all sitting at the podium together, uh, you know, at the, doing a press conference for the game, and I was like, you know, I got so much respect for you, and I just want to know what's going through your head because I know as a competitor, right, when I'm going against another safety, especially like in arena, because it was really about one on one, like. Whoever, whatever safety had the best game on defense, that's who was going to win. So I'm looking like, they say, they say he, he better than me. I, I'm taking a personal challenge because I'm like, I know who I am, right? Like, so I feel like I see in your confidence. You ain't say it. You want, you know, it, but I know as we all got inner ego, we got a, a, a quiet confidence that, hey, uh, oh, hey, I'm Willie Simmons. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like what goes through your mind when you sitting next to the GOAT defensive back? But you know who you are as a man. You know who you are as a coach. What's going through your head, man? Well, going through my mind. Thank God he ain't playing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a lot better than he on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, playing, yeah, yeah. Know, man. So we got a much better chance to win if he on the sideline. For but, sure, uh, for sure. But no, nah, man, it, you know, that the whole experience was, it, it, again, it was, it was a great experience. I keep using that word uh, humbling because, again, it really is. It, it's humility to, to sit on the same podium as a guy such as Deion Sanders, right? To be able to have conversations, to, to be able to look up my phone and see that he's calling me, right? Like, I'll pick up my phone. I'll see Deion Prime Sanders calling me, like, asking me for advice and asking me what I, how he should handle this situation with his administration or whatever the case may be. So, again, man, just being able to, to – but that's what football is allowed. You know, it's mm -hmm. given us, afforded us those opportunities to, to walk in those same circles as, you know, larger-than-life figures. And, and what you come to realize is that, I mean, these are people. Right. Mm -hmm. they, 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 for us, we grew up idolizing him. We all grew up trying to do the dance and buy the shoes. And, mm -hmm. you know, but again, this is a man who has a family who is running a program, who's trying to bring awareness to issues that we all face in our life. And so for me, I just I want to support him in that as much as I can. You know, but like you said, the competitor in me says I want to beat his brains in whenever we get a chance to play him. Yeah, you know, yeah. so after, you know, saying, OK, I'm on stage with Deion Sanders, it's like, all right. I got to go beat Deion Sanders. I can't let him beat me because I want to show the world that, you know, I can coach football at a level that's on the chance you get, every time you get a chance, just showing that you're ready, that you're prepared, you know, and, and, and I tell our guys that all the time, whether it's football, whether it's a test in the classroom, whether it's a job interview, our job is to be prepared when the time comes because we don't know when the good Lord will open that door for us. We just have to prepare ourselves and be ready to walk through it boldly. Man, for sure, man. I, and I like how you, you know, and, and that's something by Dion too, like him having humility because he didn't come in just because of what he did on the field. He understood like, hey, I got to lean on a coach Willis Simmons who's who been a head coach, uh, you know, collegiately way longer than me. So, so you know, he got some information. He got some nuggets that he could share with me. Uh, and, and so, man, I, I love that. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, and I think that that's what we um, and but we know as as black men and we know as black people that we know how to come together. We we despite what we may see a lot or how we may talk about, you know, um, you know, crabs in a bucket. But more than that, though, we got black people coming together. That's what you see at HBCUs all over the place. So and we just and by y'all doing that and, and showcasing the love, the, the you know, camaraderie before the game, 
uh, talking at the podium. But then, you know, even after the game, I think that shows the masses, other PWIs, other people that follow um, just HBCU football, what it's really, really um, all about, man. And, and then speaking of just following the program, um, like the Why Not Us, the, that series, like I know CP3, Chris Paul um, got a lot to do. Like how did that How did that come about? I know he got the basketball, uh, Why Not Us, but how did that come about for a football fam, you to be a part of Why Not Us? Yeah, no, and again, it was it was amazing, kind of how God worked. I mean, you know, it did it did uh, why not us season one with North Carolina Central's basketball team. Obviously, Chris, uh, he and his brother CJ uh, with Odell Productions are from you know North Carolina, so they 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 highlighted North Carolina Central's program, which had been very successful, and and the series for all intents purposes was very successful. Well, they said, all right, well, let's take it a step further. You know, Chris talked about his love for football and how he started out playing football. So they started looking around for programs that they could highlight as well. Well, our deputy AD, uh, Keith McClooney, is from North Carolina as well, um, knows CJ, you know, knows the family. And when he heard that they were looking for a program, he pitched FAMU. And so, you know, we set up a Zoom call, you know, with their production team uh, and with me. And uh, I put my marketing hat on, you know, and I sold the program, man. I said, look, you got a lot of great football programs out there, no doubt about it. You have a lot of great academic institutions out there. No question about it. You have a lot of great marching bands out there. No question about it. But you'll be hard-pressed to find any university with the combination of the three that yeah. we have here at FAMU. Like, this place is unique in that aspect. Whether it's academics, whether it's the marching band, whether it's the athletic program, like, mm -hmm. we are at the very, very top, and we're nationally recognized for those things. And so I said there's not a better place to highlight black excellence then at Florida A&M University, you know, so once we got off the call, they were sold. They, they, they committed to coming down here, man, and they showed up the first day of training camp. They were with us all the way through Thanksgiving, you know, through the, um, you know, after the Florida Classic, man, and yeah. it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, again, we were so excited to have them here every day, just highlighting this program, highlighting these young men, you know, giving the world an inside look at a Marquise Bell, you know, a guy who people really don't know because he's and then try to provide a life for her, you know, and then to see Bishop Bonnet and to see Junior Murray Tovic and, you know, all, the, the Lonis Kabir and all the guys that we were able to kind of just showcase the highlight, Tevin Griffey being the son of a, of, a, of a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, Ken Griffey Jr. And just having an inside look at what this program is and what FAMU really is was what we really wanted. And we thought they did a phenomenal job of highlighting this place. And um, we, we tried to pitch a season two. Don't know if it's gonna happen or not, but uh, but yeah. uh, we we definitely welcome anybody who wants to come and showcase this place, man. Because FAMU is truly special, and we're excited to, to to be a part of it. Now, what? Now, tell me, like, what does that do for recruiting? Like, how do you add that in your pitch? Like, what 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 you feel like that did or that does for your recruiting? Man, I, I, it was it was you know I don't think words could describe you know what it did for us from a national standpoint. You know, I had so many calls from guys that had watched the documentary. You know that that wanted to be a part of this you know when they saw really the realness of this of this team or this program of these young men you know we do our devotionals and we get up and we talk about real life issues mm -hmm. right we came together as a football team during one of the toughest times in our country's history right we had to put together a football season in the midst of covid right after missing a whole football season we didn't play football in 2020 so to bring this group together to, to be able to go through the adversities that we went through early in training camp being in Tallahassee, where it's 100 degrees, heat outside, where we got guys passing out. You know, Troy yeah. came here to DFO. He's got to run to 
the Piggly Wiggly, to buy popsicles and, you know, EMS trucks is coming left and right trying to, to yeah. give guys IVs, you know, but for them to just go through all those things, all the adversities that we face as a program together, but to accomplish what we've been able to accomplish on the football field, man, it was amazing. And it was something that young, that young student athletes want to be a part of. Like, I'm no different than you, than you were. You're no different than, than the next generation of guys are. We just want to be a part, be a part of something genuine, something yeah. that's real, that's not phony, that you can be yourself, and that you know that at the end of the day that you can accomplish all your goals. And that's what this, this documentary shows. So when it showed people that Marquise Bell had NFL scouts at our practices every single day, it showed guys that you can go to FAMU and HBCU and make it to the NFL because Marquise Bell will. You can be a college graduate. Keenan Ford, Bishop Bonnet, graduated with two degrees. Got great jobs lined up. That you can, you know, go to museums and, and monumental places and learn and, and learn who you are and all those type of things, man. So it just really showed what this program is all about. Um, the growth and development of these young men is what this program is built upon. And, um, and, and again, man, we just we couldn't be more proud to represent FAMU uh, through ESPN. So big, huge shout out to, to Chris Paul, CJ Paul, Odell, ESPN, man, for coming down and doing the documentary and we're still waiting for season two hey Cole, they gotta run that season two back man because like i said man it was just so it was like i learned a lot um we talked about we talked about the 1978 circle i didn't know nothing about that coach and 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 when i watched it soon when the episode was over right i told my wife i was like hey look i watched this i'm inspired by coach his wife their vision I was like, hey man, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna start giving, you know what I'm saying, to to FAMU. Now we both went to MTU, graduated, got our undergrad. We both got our masters from HBCU, so we HBCU grads. But you know what I'm saying, because we are team, team Kellum, and, and and I'm inspired, and I mean she inspired, and so we like, hey, we gonna we gonna give. But if that documentary never happened, I might not know about it. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, could you talk a little bit about the, the 1978 circle and what it is, what it means to you, and then how people can give. Yeah, no doubt. You know, so you know, my wife and I, we always talk about, um, you know, what we can do to leave our mark on this community and on this university. You know, she's an HBCU grad. She's a family graduate. We both grew up here. She's fourth generation. Um, I'm second generation. My uh, Again, our kids all in, in Trenton family. And so, yeah. um, you know, for her to sit here and hear me talk every summer about who can go to summer school and who can't because of funding, was something where her wheel started spinning. You know, she was like, well, how, what can we do to help that? And she's heard me talk a lot about Clemson, my experience at Clemson University and IPTE, right, which is the Booster Club organization, which is the largest Booster Club organization in the, in the country. And Clemson's not a very, very big school, relatively speaking, only 15,000 students. But they have the largest Booster Club in the country because of IPTE, right? And it's an acronym for I Pay 10 a Year. So way back, you know, a long time ago, you only had to pay $10 to become a booster for Clemson. And so it, it really pushed membership. And now it's a lot more than 10. But <laughs> the point was that it started small and then it grew yeah. to something huge. And now it allows them to operate. So we said, what can we do on that type of scale? So she said, well, fam, you won the FCS Division One AA National Championship in 1978. It's a year that resonates in FAMU history that we all know and recognize. So we came up with the idea to call it the 1978 Circle. And all it does is it asks anyone to, to commit to, to giving $19.78 a month to FAMU athletics, FAMU football, for the purpose of summer school for our student-athletes. Because obviously, you know, being there in the summertime, being able to train, the workout, the strength and conditioning staff, bond with your teammates, but more importantly, being able to get ahead and stay ahead academically 
is so critical in today's climate. And so $19.78, yeah, hey, if you feel like giving $197.80, you want to give $1,978. Hey, it's up to you. But again, just, you know, that number is a number that sticks out in our minds because of our accomplishments here. And it's something that we started that we feel like can stay at FAMU, even if the good Lord sees fit to move me somewhere else, that this is something that's sustainable, that can really, really you know, elevate this program to higher heights that we've never seen before. Well, definitely, man. Well, well me and wife, we, we, we already donated. We, we plan on to continue to donate too, man. And, and that's just off of the impact. Like I say, man, the impact of watching that. So if I'm inspired um, to do that, never attended uh, FAMU. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I never went to a classic being from Florida. I used to hear about the classic, never made it to the classic, but because of meeting my relationship with you and what I see you doing and impacting those kids, man, and, and just people, the community in general, um, I mean, I want to be a part of that. And like you said, it, it, it's going to helping, um, you know, kids be able to go to school in the summer. Like we know that how important that is. One, academically, I was able to graduate a whole semester early because of summer school. Then I was able to get a, a, a whole summer of workouts to get conditioned right for the season. So when, when someone say, oh, well, they might say, well, I don't care about what they're doing on the field. Okay, but you're helping them academically. But if you want them to succeed on the field, okay, not only are you helping them academically, when they're in summer school, they're, they're getting their grades, but they're in summer school on campus, which means they can get a whole summer workout, which a whole summer conditioning, which will make them better in the fall. So it all goes, uh, you know, just hand in hand, man. And so um, I want to, you know, we talk about the, the Why Not Us and CP3, and one of his best friends is LeBron James, Coach. And so I, I've been checking out your feet. You feel me? I've been checking out your feet. Got the, 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 the LeBron's on, and, and, you know, I get inside. You know, uh, you know, saying intel on y'all because I talk to Donald. I talk to Donald often, man, and, and he over equipment. So he like, yeah, but hey, the, the, the basketball team they got the brun, the brun, you know, the crown. And, I, and so my question is, everybody want to know: Is the crown, is the LeBron James logo coming on the football jersey? What is it going to happen at FAMU? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, may not happen in 2022. Uh, they're yeah. still in the process of. You know, when we when we signed this deal back in, in January of 2021, you know, LeBron didn't have a football division. You know, mm -hmm. he has his brand just like Jordan. But yeah. over the years, Jordan developed a football brand. So Jordan has a handful of schools across the country. So they actually manufacture uniforms, you know, cleats, gloves, the whole nine. Well, LeBron isn't to that point yet, but he's getting there. And so, yeah. of course, with a with a flagship school, we're the first school to have a LeBron James deal. Um, of course, basketball has already been fully outfitted in LeBron James apparel, so we will be fully outfitted no later than, than fall of 2023. So LeBron James uniforms, LeBron James shoes, LeBron James gloves, uh, wristbands, towels, travel suits, you name it, will be LeBron James head to toe, man. So we're very excited about it. Um, you know, as a head coach, I get a few perks. I get to, you know, yeah, get a couple yeah. suits from the basketball team. So I'm going to throw my LeBrons up on the desk every day, man, and, uh, and, and rock them. But, man, just a we're very excited about the deal. We, we call ourselves the school of first and to be the very first school in America at any level to sign an exclusive apparel deal with none other than King LeBron James, man. It's just phenomenal. It's amazing. And uh, again, it just goes to show like we always talk about, man, you can accomplish everything that you want to accomplish right here at Florida A&M, just like you can anywhere else. Hey, hey, Coach, so, so they heard it here first. Y'all heard it here on the Tiger Thursday with JK Podcast. With Coach Simmons, that the LeBron James apparel, football apparel, first school that gonna be decked out in LeBron James on a football field, cleats, jersey, and all. R D.
the family Rattlers football team led by Coach Willis Simmons. And, and, and hopefully, Coach, you know what I'm saying, I have a package or something show up at the door, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you got to do it. Donald got to do it, you know. But hopefully I can start getting a little, little fan. You get a go around, you know, the city in, man. Hopefully we can just work out a little something, though, man. But, you, you, but, you got the plug, man. You got Donald. You got the plug. You might hey, plug I, got, I got it. I don't be using my plug, you know what I'm saying? I be, we, we be talking, but I don't be, you know, because that's my dog, you know. I understand when you're working, you don't want to be like, hey, you know, somebody work at McDonald's, you're like, hey, let me get a free set. Come on, bro. Like, like, you know how we do. You know how we do. Hey, yeah, like, like, bro, this is my first day, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, but but hey, since since I got the head man to tell me I can go ahead and hit the plug up, I'm gonna go ahead and hit the plug up though. So if you see me on on the ground on Facebook in your gear, you know who I got it from, right? From my dog Donna. But uh, but yeah, cause we we winding down, man. I wanna, I know we going in on the hour. I'm gonna go a little bit over, cause you know what I'm saying it's it's just so good though, man. But um, so you talk about you know what I'm saying Marquise Bell, coach, and that's all I kept hearing you on the. On the why not us, man? Like Marquise Bell, man. Like, hey, you know, like he need to go. He going to the league, and I and I believe he went to the combine. I want to say he read. I read that he went to the combine, man. And so, like, talk about and Donald hit me up in the song. He said, "JK, but they got this safety." He's like, "Hey, boy, that boy a baller." You know what I'm saying? Then when I'm watching the documentary, uh, watching the show, I'm like, "Oh yeah, nah, buddy, legit." You know what I'm saying? So, like, tell me, like. The difference, like, tell me a little bit about Marquise Bell. Why he gonna be so special in the league? But, 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 why there are so many other players like that HBCUs that get overlooked, and why so much attention should be brought to them more now? Yeah, no doubt, man. Just to, to touch on the last point first, you know, I, I, and I had this conversation with Steve Weiss and and, and uh, you know the guys from the NFL Network while we were out of New Orleans at the Legacy Bowl. Um, Shaq Harris, one of the one of the um, executive producers of the Legacy Bowl, uh, made a great point, and he said he thinks over the years scouts have kind of got lazy, where they where they actually recruit or, or they evaluate schools more so than players. You know, mm-hmm. so when you look at a kid coming from an Alabama, an Ohio State, a Clemson, um, you know, a MT maybe over a FAMU or another you know, HBCU, you give the benefit of the doubt to the guy coming from Alabama, right? Even if the kid at FAMU has better measurables, has better tape, you know, has better athleticism and all those things, you tend to give the, the benefit of the doubt to that other guy. If you're going to stand on the table for one, you're going to stand on the table for that guy that comes from Bama. And, and, and it's the human element. You know, we're guilty of it as recruiters, right? If you go to mm-hmm. Miami to recruit and you go into Miami Northwestern, you know, or Miami Central, who's won a ton of state championships, and their coach is saying, hey, you know, we got this player, he can play. Like, he's a guy. And then you go maybe to adopt the crop, so to speak, who necessarily didn't have the tradition that Northwestern and Central has. And there's a player adopt the crop that's got good tape. Well, yeah. who are you going to stand on the table for? Because yeah. you, you know what type of program they've been in at Northwestern. You know mm-hmm. that they've been in the fight, in the fire, and, and, and know how to win. Where the kid at crop may have some intangibles, but you're just not quite sure. And mm-hmm. I think the human element has caused a lot of our HBCU players to, to get overlooked in that regard, you know, and, and then you couple the fact with now we're in this microwave generation that GMs, presidents, owners, they want to win right now. And so the pressure to win right now makes it to where now, well, can I take this developmental guy, yeah. right? He shows a lot of promise. He's got great measurables, you know, but maybe he's a year or two away, you know, well, I may not be here in a year or two to see how good he, he is. So 
maybe let me go and take the more ready-made guy, the guy that's maybe a little bit more developed from a bigger program. And I think that that's hurt a lot of our uh, HBCU players, you know. So a guy like Marquise Bell, fortunately for him, he came in to us ready-made, right? Now, we did a great job of coaching them. Brandon Sharp, you know, uh, our secondary coach, Gilstrap was here, Ryan Smith, our co-DC. They did a great job of teaching Marquise football, you know, really giving him – X's and old knowledge. So when he got in front of the scouts last week at the combine, he didn't just blow him away with his four four one forty yard dash. He blew him away during the interview process when he got on the board and talked football, right? And so it's really increased his draft stock because not only is he a phenomenal athlete, he's a great kid, he's very knowledgeable, he's very smart, and he loves the game of football. You know, and so again, man, he 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 does what I tell our guys all the time. He checks all the boxes. He has the size, he has the speed, the athleticism. He has a love for the game. He has the knowledge. He has those intangibles that project well as an NFL football player, you know. So we expect for him to get his name called, you know, relatively early on draft day, you know. But there are other players like Marquise, uh, maybe that didn't come out as an All-American in high school like he did, but through the years they really developed themselves, much like a Darius Leonard, much like a Tariq Cohen, mm-hmm. a Taryn Armstead, yeah. a Javon Hargrave, those guys that came right out of high school, maybe non-recruited, one scholarship offer, and four or five years later, they're high draft picks and pro bowlers. Um, I, there are a lot of guys who are in that mold. And we have some here on, on our team that will have those same opportunities if they continue to work hard and do the little things right. You know, but again, man, I, I really just hope that with, with what's going on now, that scouts really do a great job of evaluating our young men and giving them those opportunities to get in training camp. And, and, and maybe I'm selling them maybe too much, but when the scouts come and ask me about Bell, I say, hey, look, I've only recruited, I've only been around one guy that I can really compare him to that. And that's Kevin Byard, right? Mm -hmm. I see a lot of Kevin Byard and Marquise Bell, you know, because I recruited Kevin and I know what type of kid he was and how hard he worked and how much love he had for football. Bell has those same intangibles, man. So I I, I would be shocked if the kid is not a big time pro and um, and we're going to look up in four or five years, man. I think he could be a perennial pro bowler. Hey, Coach, man, you said a mouthful, man. I, I, and I know you mentioned it earlier when you said you mentioned um, KB. So those, that's why Kevin Byard, is the two-time All-Pro uh, uh, safety from the Tennessee Titans, number 31. The boy's a baller, arguably the best uh, free safety in the league or safety in general. Drop down, cover your tight end, blitz and run game. And, hey, don't throw the ball around him. You know what I'm saying? He's going to come down with it. Uh, we used to joke all the time about who number that was, Coach. And, and so when he first got here, he was like, hey, bro, that's, that's your number, J.K. I'm like, nah, bro, that's your number. Hey, by the time it was over, I said, well, that's your number. That ain't my number at all. Hey, that number 20 is yours, you know. And I, I told Coach, I'm like, hey, Coach, y'all got to go ahead and, you know, I ain't telling him retire. I said, y'all got to start handing out. But in my mind, I'm like, Coach, y'all need to retire number 20, man. Like what, what KB did, I felt like I did a little something, you know what I'm saying? A little, you know, it, I felt like I did more. But I feel yeah, like you I did, did a you did, you did your thing. Don't say, yeah. don't say yourself, bro. You, Three-time hey. all-conference, you did your thing. Appreciate, appreciate that, Coach. I do think when you talk about, when you talk about schools, right, I feel like what I did, right? I ain't saying I'm Honey Badger. Respect Honey Badger. I, tra- I used to train with it. That boy is a beast, right? I'm talking about what he did and what I did, right? So in 50 career games, I got either a turnover, a block kick, or a, like fumble recovery, interception, in 25 games. So every other game, I either blocked a kick or got a turnover. I'm like, bro, if I did that in the SEC, I'm going to the league. But you know what I'm saying? But that's a whole nother, you know, whole nother story. But the fact that you see that, though. You see that in Marquise Bell. You've seen that in Kevin Byer, who I, I think well, he was like a two, three-star coming out. But you've seen ba- that. Ba- ba- barely. Barely. 
the man all pro safety man so so i think that's add credibility to your word which should be with scouts when you like look i recruited kb I'm telling you, he liked KB. And you see what KB doing in the league. So this is what Marquise Bell, you know what I'm saying, going to do in the league. And, and and you mentioned the Legacy Bowl, Coach, and which we talked about when we were trying to get you on the show. You said that you went to the Legacy Bowl. So it is an inaugural uh, HBCU Legacy Bowl, um, HBCU Black All-Star Game, right? The football game, Black College football game, man. Um, you was one of the head coaches. Like, salute to you on that. You was the SWAT coach that they chose. And so, man, like, Tell the people about that game. What is that game? Because a lot of people might not might not know, um, especially you know what I'm saying in his first year. But you, they, they, when they was looking for coaches, they called you, man, which which says a lot about you. Like, can you tell the people a little bit about that game and how big that's gonna be? And like you said, bringing exposure to HBCU football in general. No, no doubt, man. Uh, you know, again, uh, Doug Williams, who obviously was the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl with Washington you know, Redskins back then. Uh, James Shaq Harris, who was also the first black quarterback to be named a starter in the NFL and be a pro bowler, um, both Grambling graduates, uh, you know, both uh, co-founders of the Black College Football Hall of Fame, you know, they saw a need. They saw a need and they saw what was happening to black college football mm -hmm. in the NFL and the lack of guys getting the exposure. So they put their heads together and they said, what can we do? So they came up with a phenomenal idea to, 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 to have an all-star game. You know, let's bring our best and brightest HBCU football players from the two Division One conferences, the SWAC and the MEAC, the two Division Two conferences, the SIAC and the CIAA, and then Langston University, um, you know, NAIA, and and bring their best and brightest to to New Orleans, to a city, and and put on an All Star game. You know, and they did that in New Orleans, uh, very first year, uh, great sponsorships. Adidas was 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 a, uh, the apparel sponsor. Um, you know, Pat Mahomes uh, was a sponsor. You know, uh, uh, Pepsi. Uh, man, a ton, uh, just a ton of corporate sponsorships, man. They did a phenomenal job putting the game on. Not only did we have a great week of practice with, with pro scouts at every practice, interviewing guys, spending time with those young men. Man, just the experiences that they gave them. They had a, they had a career fair, um, you know, on Friday and Saturday yeah. where Fortune 500 companies got a chance to, to interview those guys. Um, you know, they had career summits. They had, uh, you know, Microsoft workshops. Man, it was an amazing, amazing experience, man. I mean, I, I, I can't tip my hat enough uh, to Doug Williams and Shaq Harris, man, the Black College Football Hall of Fame, for just being visionaries and seeing mm -hmm. the need for our young black men and women, uh, young black men in this case, to, to get exposed, you know, to, to the NFL. Um, and, and I think a lot of guys greatly benefited from the game, you know, and there'll be some guys that maybe if you get their names called on draft day or definitely get into training camps. As, as priority free agents because of the job they did over those four days out in New Orleans. So, man, it, it, it's a game that definitely has staying power. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how much better it can get over the years. Uh, but, again, man, phenomenal experience and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens in the years to come. Man, me too, man. I'm definitely – and, you know, my, my little young – you know, we young. We young in the game with, 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 with being – uh, you know what I'm saying, being parents, man, my wife. Uh, but, you know what I'm saying – I mean, we both want our kids, if that's what they choose to do, right, we definitely pushing, you know, we want them to do what they want. We understand this world now, well, to, to be successful, you necessarily don't have to go to college, but if that's the route that they choose to go, um, hey, HBCUs, hey, we definitely not, and where, where y'all at right now, Coach, and, and, and where I see y'all going, the trajectory, bruh, I think it's going to be back where it once was, you know what I'm saying, because people don't understand, like, we look at PWIs and it's like, okay, 
right? Got the PWI. I graduated. We both graduated from PWI. Played there. But when you think about the HBCUs and before the Morrell, you know what I'm saying, uh, Morrell Grant Act, Land Grant Acts, and different things like that, when it was when it was segregated, like this, like when we look at Travis Hunter, people are like, oh, he doing he doing something new. He breaking tradition. Nah, he following tradition. The tradition right. was, hey, I couldn't even go over there to no uh, a, a PWI. I got to go to HBCU. Now, look at how many Hall of Famers we got from over there. You know what I'm saying? Then when they started to integrate and they seen how great HBCU football is, and then just like the Negro League, now you start to get plucked. The players start to get pulled away, and it weakens the infrastructure of HBCU football. But I see y'all taking that back to new heights, man. And and, and one thing, I got, just got three more questions for you. Well, really two, Coach. So you not scared to schedule outside – uh, bigger, larger opponents, go. Like so, me and my homeboy, my my line brother, we had a conversation. I said, boy, I got, hey, I got, uh, you know, uh, Willie Simmons from Fam. You coming on? He said, man, one thing I love about Coach Simmons and Fam, you they ain't scared to schedule no P one opponent, no big school. And, and and so, what goes into that? Because I remember watching y'all when y'all play USF. You talking to them boys like, yo, we on they level. Like, who? I don't care about no South Florida. We here to win. And I love that because it's about I don't care who I'm going against. Larger, like we here to win. So, like, like, what's your mindset in scheduling those games? And I know the AD plays a part. So, what's your mindset? You and Courtney mindset in that, man? Well, you know, again, man, we, we it's two, it's twofold. You know, obviously we do it because one, right now we have to. Mm-hmm. You know, the, in order to 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 fund and support our athletics program, you know, football and and both basketball program, men and women's, are the revenue generated sports with only three out of. 15 sports that generate revenue and those revenues come from ticket sales and guarantee games. And so for us to be able to, you know, pay coaches, put our kids through summer school, pay, pay scholarships and all those things, you know, we have to generate revenue And here in the state of Florida, the university cannot help us. They can't give us any money. And that's not just family. That's every state school in the state of Florida system. We can't, they cannot help the athletic program. They can't bail us out. And so we have to play those games and get those big guarantees to be able to support our program. So that's one of the reasons. And then the other reason, again, I know when, when, the, when the pro scouts come, came here last year to look at Marquise Bell, the first game they were going to put on was South Florida. He bought that their game. first one, right? And so they're going to see what he does against what's considered the top competition. And so it's going to help Marquise Bell. It's going to help Isaiah Land and Xavier Smith and those guys when they get to see us against South Florida, Central Florida, North mm-hmm. Carolina this coming season. Yeah. Universal Miami in coming years, you know. So, again, it's a way for us to, one, tell, tell our recruit to, hey, you're going to play against Power 5 competition during your time here, you know, and, and what you do in those games will have a huge impact on what the pro scouts think of you. And so that's one of the reasons why we do that, you know. But, again, J.K., you can relate. Bro, we remember going up to Maryland and, 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 and coming out of there with the dub. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we weren't just going up there to collect the check. We got a mm-hmm. nice little handsome payday from yeah. Maryland. They, they came to us a year before and, and we put it on them. You know what I mean? We went to uh, the Minnesota the, 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 the next year and should have beat them. You know what I mean? And so for us, even as a mid-major, we weren't afraid to go play Power 5 programs mm-hmm. because we said that's the type of program that we're building. We're building a program that can play with anybody because we got really good football players. They may not be as big or as fast or as strong as everybody else, but I tell you what, I'll take a five foot 11, 185-pound Jerry McKellum over any 6'2", 215 SEC safety because I know what he's got in him and I know what type of heart he's got in him. I know how hard he works. I know how much he loves this game and his teammates. And so, man, uh, Alex Suber, a 5'7", 160-pound cornerback, 
that's yeah. that's covering six foot seven receivers out there and you know and doing this thing you yeah. know and, and so that's what we are building here is a group that says you know what regardless of the obstacles regardless of the odds or, or, or what adversities we face our job is to go out and perform because that's what being a black man in america is all about we're never going to be on a level playing field because we're the minority and so guess what we've got to work that much harder we got to put in that much more work we got to do that much more with that much less and still be expected to perform at the highest level, right? And so, again, why not do it on the football field to give these guys those lessons early to really teach them of how we got to be when they leave FAMU and go into the real world where every every week they're going up against a Power 5 school, right? Man. When you walk into that job interview at Microsoft, at IBM, at Lockheed Martin, at wherever that place is, you, you're going into the SEC. You're going into the play – the, the, the best and the brightest that's out there perceivably because we're coming from environments that don't have all the resources as, as African-Americans in this country, right? We got a 400-year uh, delay on mm. wealth, on knowledge, on all the things that, you know, our white counterparts have. So we're starting behind the eight ball, right? And so, again, giving these guys a lesson, starting here, when they get to FAMU, to, that, can, that can, they can take on within the rest of their lives that's really what our job is here as, as coaches and administrators. Coach, somebody said, uh, well, they said, uh, that's a word. Because I got chills, man. Because the way you just put it, how you just related that you are, like, you know, y'all playing, you know, larger opponents. We just say, like, the D1 or FBS, how they say it, right? And being an FCS school is preparing your young black men for the world in America that, when they get ready to go, you 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 are FCS person, and you trying to go and thrive in the FBS world. And man, that is so true, Coach. That is that is so true. But that prepares them. And, and, and like you said, being a mid major, that's kind of how we had it. Though we were D one playing, man, play LSU number two in the nation. I'm, I'm eighteen, Coach. I remember in the summer going through the little magazine. I'm like, oh, but we got to play these boys. We got it. Hold on, I'm looking at my arms. Hold on, we got it, boy. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 the, but like you said, what's in me? I wasn't the biggest dude, but what's in me? Like, hey, bro, I don't like. Okay, LSU, let's go. You know what I'm saying? And to me, I'm like, Dang, okay, when I got six tackles, a pass breaker as a true freshman, I'm like, I feel like I did good. Played the number eight team in the nation. So looking back at that now, without me even knowing, that stuff did prepare me because now I know when I'm walking into these places, I might not have come from all, like my parents, they did an amazing job, gave me everything that they knew and still continues to contribute to me. But I know that I'm operating, you know what I'm saying, behind the eight ball. And like you said, hey, they expect fam you to go be the USF, even though the training table might not be the same, even though the funding might not be the same. But the expectation is, Cole Willis Simmons better get it done. You know what I'm saying? These HBCUs better get it done. Hello, how y'all gonna try to compare us to PWIs or people that got fully funded or they got these big old, you know, many most of their players going to the league so they can come back and give millions to the program. That's not fair because we ain't operating from the same. But y'all don't make excuses. Cause you don't make excuses. Like we talked about your record, right? 45 and 21. But we look at fam, 24 and 10. But some of the play teams y'all playing are uh, FBS. So you playing like it's like David and Goliath, but you cannot not and you didn't knock off a Goliath, you know what I'm saying? So I just salute you, man, for saying that, man. Hey, hey, that was a powerful word, man. That was a powerful word for real, though, because how you relate that. And then lastly, man, I just, man, what you think about the transfer portal? And, and I, I, I want to get your take on that. Man, you know what? Um, 
I, I think everything in life, you know, as we as we you know grow and and, and get uh, more experience and get wiser, um, I think we're in this player um, empowerment movement. That's where we. That's where we are, right? It's all about the players. It's all about the student athlete experience, and it should be, right? You played at the high level. I played at a high level. We were not able to to, to capitalize on our name, image, and likeness, right? That number twenty jersey before Kevin Byer started wearing it, you could go buy it in a store, right? Jeremy Kellum didn't receive any money from the sale of that jersey. I remember in two thousand three or two thousand two seeing a number seven Clemson jersey in the East Bay book. And I was like, man, I finally made it, bro. Like, yeah, my yeah. jersey is in the stores. Like, you can buy a Willie set. Didn't have Simmons on the back. Just had the, the Clemson Pauls and had number seven. But it was my jersey. It was my number. I received no money from the sale of that jersey. So Clemson University did. The proceeds from those sales went directly to the athletic department. I didn't receive any of that money. So I do agree that student-athletes should be able to, to, to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. If a corporation wants to use you to sell something for them, you should be able to benefit from that, right? And so NIL is, is, a, is a thing that's not going away at the end of the day, right? I do think that there needs to be some type of regulations with it um, because there's still a lot of uncertainty and ambiguity about what it really is and how it's really to be administered. And so the NCAA is kind of taking their hands off of it and left it up to each state to, to govern NIL. So Florida laws are different than Georgia laws, which are different than Alabama laws and Texas laws. So they're creating some competitive advantages for certain states who have a lot more lenient NIL laws than other states. And so there needs to be some, some continuity with how it's administered to keep a level playing field, right? Or otherwise the haves will continue to have it more than anybody else. The have-nots will continue to create a wider gap. And that's not what you want to see. You want to see more parity in college football than than a greater division, you know. So I do think it needs to be regulated. Um, the transfer portal, kind of the same way. Um, it, it makes it really difficult as a head coach um, to to manage your roster when, at the end of the day, a kid can can up and leave at any time. Now I do I, I do believe that there are instances where players, you know, should be able to just say, you know what, this this in the right place for me, you know, uh, for whatever reason, you know. And um, maybe they need a new change. They need a change of scenery. But I, I do think again, it needs to be regulated because anything that's not regulated is gonna is gonna explode for the negative, right? And so when you look at the transfer portal now, most people point to a, a, a Russell Wilson situation. You know, he left uh, NC State, went to Wisconsin, had a phenomenal career. They point to a Joe Bur- a Joe Burrow left Ohio State, went to LSU, had a phenomenal career. They point to the, to the success stories. Yeah. What they don't look at is the fact that right now today, there are probably 500 student athletes in the transfer portal who don't have a home. Mm. That They left a school on some type of scholarship, maybe a full ride, maybe a partial ride, mm. or whatever the case may be, and now they're sitting in the transfer portal and they don't have a home to go to because either the school hasn't offered them a scholarship or for whatever reason, right? And the problem that I have with that is that the vast majority of these young men look like you and me, right? And so they were on full ride somewhere, but because they were misadvised or because they didn't really understand this system and how it works, they enter the transfer portal, which at the moment they enter, the school can pull their aid. So the moment you enter the transfer portal, the school has no obligation to pay your tuition anymore. So they're off aid, 
which means a lot of times they end up failing classes. So they're sitting in the transfer portal. They can't go to school because they either have bad grades or a school that they have a scholarship for them. So now if they want to go to college, guess what? Mom and dad are on the hook. They're on the hook for paying their tuition. Somebody's on the hook for paying their tuition. Yeah. And so, again, we didn't come. Most of us didn't come from environments and situations where mom and dad just got it like that to be able yeah. to pay for college. Me, if I didn't play football on scholarship at Clemson, uh, and if I didn't, thank God I was good enough as a student where I would have got an academic scholarship to FAMU. Yeah. But a lot of my a lot of my teammates who ended up going to play college ball didn't. They didn't have the grades I had. So if they didn't go play college ball, they probably would not have been able to go to college because their parents would not have been able to afford college. And so we really need to look at the system and see what it's doing, what's the overall success rate of the kids entering the portal. I think there is a need for a transfer portal. I think kids do deserve the right to be able to choose another place if it's not for them. If a, yeah. if, if, I, if, if, if I recruit a player to FAMU and the moment he gets here, I take a job somewhere else, I think that kid should say, you know what? I came to FAMU because I love Coach Simmons. Well, I can't play for Coach Simmons. I don't really want to be at FAMU. That happens. People don't want to hear that, but that's the reality. I went to Clemson in large part because of Rick Stockstill. If Rick Stockstill had left Clemson the moment I got there, I probably would have been out the first thing smoking that I could, the first chance I could have, could have left because yeah. he was the guy that recruited me for those two years that I trusted, that I knew that if, if I had a problem, I went to him. I didn't go to another coach. I went to him. Because that's who recruited me. And so there just needs to be some hard conversations had that help these young men understand, hey, here are the pros and cons to entering the transfer port, right? You may not like the situation you're currently in, but here are the ramifications if you go and you don't have a place to go right now, right? So yeah. I just think there needs to be a lot of education had that right now there's not. It's kind of, you know, just like everything else, the NCAA is kind of saying, hey, we're washing our hands of it. Y'all do what y'all want to do with it. And, you know, hey, best of luck to you. And, and, and I still I see way too many, like I said, primarily black, black and brown young men and women sitting out there right now without a school to go to on aid. And um, I think that's going to continue to set our, set our culture back. And, and, you know, you know, being being, you know, formula uh, college football player. Right. Um, I remember when we couldn't transfer like that, when it was a penalty always. Right. And uh, and I just remember seeing, you know, coaches. They get to leave when they want to, right? A break contract or whatever, get a buyout, somebody, you know, the school, the school they're going to pay them, pay the other school that they're leaving. And I used to be like, man, that's not fair to the players. Why we got to sit out? And so you do want that that uh, autonomy or that freedom or that choice to say, I want to transfer for the right reasons. And, and I think a lot of times, and I don't know, but I'm, I think a lot of times, a lot of our, our student athletes right now are transferring for the wrong reasons. And I think you got to look in the mirror and say, okay, am I transferring because of a problem that I caused? Like, is it because, you know what I'm saying, am I not playing because I ain't going to class, I ain't working hard, I'm skipping reps, I'm, I'm, I'm doing getting in trouble? Is that why I'm not playing? Because if the problem is you and you transfer, you going with you to the next school. So that problem just going to simply follow you. Now, like you said, if it's an issue with, you know, man, my coach left or something with the family, I'm trying to get closer to home. Or like you said, I just genuinely don't like what's going on here emotionally. It's not good for my mental health and certain things like that. Then, yeah, you know, that's a, a legitimate reason to transfer. But if the issue is you and your habits and your character and, and you just, you know, lacking, you know, relationship building and different things. You can't run from you, so you can transfer from one school, but you are following you, man. So, um, yeah. man, hey, yeah. well, 
I, I, I definitely think no, and I, you you hit the nail on the head, man. And I, and I do think that there needs to be you know tougher conversations, honest conversations. Hey, and that's where that faith uh, and trust factor comes into play. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I, I look at a guy like I keep using him as an example, like Didi, right? You know, if Didi had decided to transfer in his second year, a lot of Didi's issues would have followed him to wherever he went. Right, he was big and fast, and somebody would have taken him because he's six one, one ninety, and ran four four. Right, but Didi had some maturity, some maturing to do, and so it wasn't to that third year that you know we were able to say, "Hey, Didi, look." At the end of the day, bro, it, and it was Benny, it was it was Philip, it was all of us it's sitting in that room saying, "All right, this is you, Didi," because and I still remember to this day, Philip Tanner and Benjamin Cunningham, two guys who played in the NFL. Telling Didi, bro, you're the most talented guy in this room. You have more talent than anybody in this room. Yeah. But it's you that's keeping you from, from playing ahead of us. It's you. Because when coach says finish, this is what finishing looks like. Look at Benny. But then when you go through the line, you're pulling up, right? That's not our standard. And so it took Didi to mature, and it took him to finally look himself in the mirror and say, you know what? Yeah, it is me. I have to grow up. I have to make some decisions about my life and my future. And I guarantee if you were to ask D.D. and put him on this podcast, he would tell you that during those years, he really matured and became the man that he is today. And so I do think that, you know, we're in that generation where the first time of adversity, boom, I'm gone. I'm out the door. Right. But like you said, most of the time, if it's not like you said, coach leaving, want to get closer to home, you know, family members sick or something, you know, a, a real circumstance that, that caused you to, to need to get closer or go to another place. Most of the time, it's probably something inward that needs to be worked through. Again, a lot of these guys are coming from places where they just haven't had the chance to grow, right? Mm-hmm. At 18 years old, you're not really ready to make those type of major decisions. And so, again, I, I think there just needs to be a lot of educating um, from coaches. It's our responsibility. You know, we can't get into that mode of just, hey, you know, we got to win right now. So, hey, we got a bunch of bad players. Let's get them off the team and let's get some new guys in. And guys fall into that mode, you know. But here we're proud to say, man, I've been here four years. We've had one guy enter the transfer portal, one. And that's, and that's because he graduated. You know, he wanted to play with his older brother. And uh, he transferred out to Georgia Tech, man, to play with his older brother. Well, he was the oldest to play with his younger brother his last year of college football. That was the only reason he left, you know. And yeah. so, um, man, I mean, we, we just – you build a program and a culture that guys want to be a part of. Um, and, and I think that's that's that, that's what wins. That's sustainable. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I've never been judged. I've never judged myself on wins and losses. I mean, yeah, it's great to be able to say I've never had a losing season, but that's not what I look at. That's not what I judge myself by. I judge myself by the impact that I have on these young men every single day. You know, the guys that are leaving this program, what are they doing when they leave? Are they securing good jobs? Are they becoming good husbands? Are they being great fathers? You know, do I get wedding invitations in four or five years? Am I getting? Am I looking on on Facebook and social media and seeing them posing pictures of their newborns? Are they, are they showing the promotions of the new jobs? Am I looking at Didi being in Dubai and all across the world? It's yeah, yeah. Place I ain't never been. You know what I mean? Like that's, those are the type of things, man. That you know, again, it, it's really all about. So when it's all said and done, nobody's gonna care what my win loss record is. You know, it, it's really gonna be irrelevant. What's gonna matter the most? is what type of impact that I have on the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young men that I get to, imp- to impact daily. I got 120 players. That's 120 young black men who can go out and change the world, right? And so that's why we coach, man. I hope guys that are listening to this or that hear this or that, that, that don't hear it, that they don't lose sight of, of why we've been called 
to do this because this is our ministry. Make no mistake about mm-hmm. it. This is our ministry, yes, and uh, if we don't take it seriously, man, we're, we're gonna we're gonna let a generation of leaders fall by the wayside. Man, hey, coach, y'all y'all literally I, y'all literally saving lives, right? We look at police officers, we look at firefighters, right? They save lives in that way, right? Um, I'm an educator. I save lives by what I teach them. I don't teach them just about oh content. I'm teaching you about life. Y'all not just teaching them about football, X's and O's. Y'all teaching them about X's and O's of life. So we talk about all of us. We out here in whatever profession, especially when you're dealing with young people, um, we saving lives. You get what I'm saying? And, 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 and then your impact. 120 football players, 120 black men. If all of them go get married, have kids, that thing quadruple. Your impact, your seed that you and your staff, y'all plant every day, just keep quadrupling, man. And so, man, and just watching the Why Not Us, seeing you sit down, like, you said it, like, hey, I ain't just trying to develop good football players. I'm developing good men. I'm developing good women in my in my, in my my staff, right, that, that, that at the end of the day, they're people first, you know. And so, man, I respect that, Coach. I appreciate it. And then the last, just how I end every show, Coach. Um, besides, you know, you don't get to say your last word, but I allow my guests to ask me one question. Any question you want to ask me, Coach, and I put them on the spot. Coach Todd say, man, you should have gave me time. Nah, Coach, I need it right on the spot. Any question, I answer it, and then that's how we end. Man, um, I tell you what, man, we had so many great memories during our time together at MT, man. I, I just want to ask, like, what, what's one of your best memories, man? Just It could be on the field, off the field. Just what, what, What's one of those memories that you just say, look back on it, and like, man, this this really made my MT experience uh, worthwhile? Man, I would say probably the 2009 season, like on and off the field. Um, I mean, 2009 was crazy. You know, we I think we went, was was three and three, uh, and then we just took off, pump. Seven straight, you know, wins. They had the longest winning streak uh, in the nation. So on the football field, it took off um, as as a team. Went to the bowl game, first ever, you know, Division One bowl victory. And um, as an individual, I think that was my first year being first team all conference. Uh, and so that was huge. And then off the field, coach, then met wifey. You know what I'm saying? I then met her off the field uh, that year. And I remember, you know, what I'm saying I remember Troy, Troy on your style. Uh, I, I brought it to we went to the Gap basketball game, and that boy after I think like the next day he say, "Hey, what? Hey, look like you got a good one on." It. I say, "Hey, but I think she might, be, you know, what I'm saying I think she might be the one." So off the field it was going good, and then man, I got baptized, man. Um, man. My second time getting baptized, but you know when you a kid and you get baptized, man, your, your memory. And and since I was going to church, right, you know, down in Murfreesboro, it was like I felt the Holy Spirit, like man, you need like every time baptism came up, I'm like. It was like, hey, you need to get baptized. I'm like, man, I got it. I was baptized as a kid. But it's like, bro, you don't remember. So my boy Devin Pikes, he used to play at MT. And um, so he like big bro, big mentor to me. Man, I got baptized at, at, at um, MTSU Rec Center, man. So so you talking about from the on the field, all conference, bowl game, meeting wifey that year. She said we was, we was, I mean, she said I was her husband when I first met her, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, me and wifey, you know, when I first, and then getting baptized. So I had the spiritual component, my relationship now, and then on the field, we balling. So, uh, I'll say that was the most memorable year, man, for real. Hey, my boy, hey, trust say I told you you had a winner. Hey, facts at the basketball <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, man, that's what I got, man. And, and, and coach, man, I just want to allow you to end by saying what you want to say, man, to the people. Um, and you know, motivate or or, or say, tell them about family, you man, whatever you want to say right now. This you, you closing out the show right now. 
Man, no, nah, man, I, I'm just so blessed, man. When, when, when you sent the invitation, um, first of all, when you, when you hit me up about the 1978 circle, man, that meant a lot. You know what I mean? It just meant a lot that, um, you know, when I, whenever I see guys that I've been able to be around and coach, and uh, you've always been one of those guys, man, that, I, that I've raved about. Uh, that just, you know, that, that like I said, not going to say you had it figured out, but you could just tell it was something there, you know. And, uh, man, just so proud to, to see where you've come, um, your growth, man, just seeing you post online with your wifey, man, what you guys are doing. Uh, it's inspirational, you know. And uh, man, you see me, man, I got these grades in my beard now, man, and, you know, I'm getting up there in A's, man. But just to look and see, um, you know, what you're doing, I, I, I take inspiration from you. You know, I, I take inspiration from Dee Dee, man, from from PT, from from Benny, you know, from 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 KB, like all the guys, man, that I've been able to to impart some wisdom on. Um, I, I learn from you guys still, man, and and I'm just I'm so humbled to to be able to continue to bond the relationship that we've all built through this game of football, you know, through coaching, and and like you said, man, our job is simple. We're here to to change lives, you know, and, and what you're doing, the impact that you have. Um, it's amazing. And so keep just keep doing what you're doing, man. And just know, like I tell the guys all the time, man, anytime you're doing great, the enemy, he, he doesn't like it. He's not going to rest, you know, so he's going to send us attacks. Um, but just like in football, you know, one thing that made you a great player was that you studied the game. And so you knew that um, this situation, they were going to try to double move you. They were going to try to hit you with the corner post because we were playing quarters. You know what I mean? And, and you were ready for it. And that's what I tell our guys all the time. If you know what the tricks are, the enemy, like, why would you get beat? Like, why would you get beat on something that you know is coming? Like, that's the worst feeling in the world to know they're about to double move me and I give up the double move, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> man, just, you know, continue to, 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 to do what like, I know you're going to do, man. Keep God first and just continue to keep pressing on. And anytime, man, I'm I'm, I'm a phone call or text away. Uh, we'd love to just continue to, 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 you know, talk to you. Man, come down and talk to the team. And I'll make sure you say you've never been to a Florida Classic this year, 2022. Jared McKellen will be in Orlando, Florida for the Florida Blue Florida Classic, baby. You hey, let's, hey, let's do it. Hey, go. Cats, man. Hey, let's get do Troy it. We got You said what? I'm going to get Troy to get you hooked up, man. You'll be on the sideline. Man. I might, you'll do, matter of fact, you come do chapel for us on, on Friday night for the game. Hey, hey, y'all heard it here? Hey, I'm not. Cole, I'm not. I'm not at a Florida Classic. Uh, hey, on the sideline. Doing chopper for the team. I'm done. Hey, coach, man, like when I say, man, you know, hey, you're making an impact. You made an impact in my life, man. You're making an impact in, in, in the men and women in your program, man. Hey, salute to you. Salute to your wife, all your kids, man, your family, the whole nine, man. I wish y'all the best. Hey, uh, you know, go fam you. You know what I'm saying? Definitely rocking with y'all, supporting y'all too, man. And, uh, man, hey, everybody that tuned in, I appreciate y'all coming out showing uh, Coach Simmons, some love, showing me some love. Man, hey, y'all go ahead and, and, and follow Coach Simmons if you don't already. Follow me, JK underscore Impact. Go watch, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jeremy Kellum. Hey, and y'all gonna get to listen to this all over again next week on Spotify or Apple Podcasts um, or Anchor, man, on Tackle Thursday with JK Podcast, man. Be sure y'all click, subscribe, follow. And make sure y'all go to some FAMU games, watch them, stream them, click on the TV, and support them, man. Hey, Coach Simmons, I appreciate it, man. Hey, keep doing what you're doing. God bless, man. Good luck with everything. Go Rattlers. Hey, yes, sir.